ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So continuing with the du'as that can be recited for the mornings and the evenings, there were different types of du'as. Today then here we have what Al-Imam Muslim reported or collected fi sahihihi an Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu qal. كان نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أمسى قال that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the evening the evening أذكار he would say أمسينا وأمسى الملك لله والحمد لله لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير رب أسألك خير ما في هذه الليلة وخير ما بعدها وأعوذ بك من شر ما في هذه الليلة وشر ما بعدها رب أعوذ بك من الكسل وسوء الكبر رب أعوذ بك من عذاب في النار وعذاب في القبر وإذا أصبح قال ذلك أيضا أصبحنا وأصبح الملك لله This particular dua then it mentions that the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when the evening entered when the evening entered he would say this dua amsayna wa amsal mulku lillah that we have entered into the evening as has the kingdom the dominion of Allah and all praise is to Allah. And there is no deity worthy of worship in truth, except He alone without any partners. To Him belongs all the dominion, the sovereignty, and all praise. And He is all capable upon all things. My Lord, I ask you, for the goodness of this night and the goodness of what comes after it. And I seek refuge with you from the evil of this night and the evil of what comes after it. My Lord, I seek refuge with you from laziness and from the evils of old age my Lord, I ask you, or I seek refuge with you from the punishment of the fire and the punishment of the grave. وَإِذَا أَصْبَحَ قَالَ ذَلِكَ أَيْضًا And then in the mornings he would say that too, but with the phrase, أَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ That we have arisen in the morning as has the dominion and sovereignty the kingdom of Allah. So this is what is mentioned in chapter 114, the dua that is mentioned for the evening and the morning. وَهَذَا دُعَاءٌ نَافِعٌ وَذِكْرٌ عَظِيمٌ وَوِرْدٌ مُبَارَكٌ So this is a very beneficial dua. And a tremendous remembrance. 
and a blessed supplication to make and remembrance to perform. يَحْسُنُ بِالْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يُحَافِظَ عَلَيْهِ كُلَّ صَبَاحٍ وَمَسَاءٍ تَأَسِّيًا بِالنَّبِيِّ الْكَرِيمِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَاقْتِدَاءً بِهَدْيِهِ الْقَوِيمِ That it is appropriate and good for a Muslim to guard over this particular dua, to remember it and say it, every morning and every evening, emulating the Prophet ﷺ in that, doing what the Prophet ﷺ did, he would read this dua every morning and every evening, and so you would be following in his guidance to do so, his upright guidance. وَمَعْنَى قَوْلِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي أَوَّلِ هَذَا الدُّعَى And the meaning of the statement of the Prophet وسلم, at the beginning of this dua, أَمْسَيْنَا وَأَمْسَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ that we, <coughs> we have entered into the evening, because this is the version that you make in the night, evening du'as. We have entered into the evening. We've entered into the evening time. وَدَخَلَ فِيهِ الْمُلْكُ كَائِنًا لِلَّهِ وَمُخْتَصًا بِهِ and as has the dominion of Allah, the kingdom of Allah, all have entered into this evening under the control and dominion of Allah. وَهَذَا بَيَانٌ لِحَالِ الْقَائِلِ So this is clarifying the circumstance or the status of the one making this dua. وَدَخَلَ فِيهِ الْمُلْكُ كَائِنًا نعم أي عرفنا وأقررنا بأن الملك لله That you in this dua are affirming and acknowledging that all of the kingdom is for Allah all of the dominion is Allah's all of that sovereignty is for Allah that is what you affirm and acknowledge in these words of this dua. Amsayna wa amsal mulku lillah. We have entered into the evening upon or as has the dominion of Allah. We are all within the kingdom and dominion and sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walhamdulahu. La And then you say, Walhamdulillah. That all the praise is for Allah and no one besides Him. <coughs> and the scholars they mention in the tafsir of Al Fatiha. When you say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Al on the word Alhamdu. What is the meaning of Al on the word Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen? Al. All the types. Anyone else? Anything more specific? Restricted to Allah. They call it in Arabic the Al Lil Istighraq. That it encompasses all of the types. It encompasses all of the types of praise. Al-Listighraq. Al-Istighraq. That it encompasses everything. So, Alhamdulillah. Meaning, all types of praise. Every praise. All of the praise is for Allah. 
So here you are affirming that in this dua of yours too. Alhamdulillah. All of the praise is for Allah. And not for anyone besides Him. Walhamdulahu la lighirih. Faltajana ilayhi wahda. So we seek refuge and we resort to Him. We seek shelter in Him. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Wasta'anna bih. And we seek aid and assistance from Him alone. Wahasasnahu bil ibadah. Wathana alayhi wa shukrulah. And we have specified Allah alone for all of that worship and praise and thanks. وَلِهَذَا أَعْلَنَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ إِيمَانَهُ وَتَوْحِيدَهُ And that's why in the next part of this particular supplication, this particular dua, you announce your iman and tawheed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. He alone without any partners. This is the testimony of Tawheed, Kalimatu Tawheed. And as you will be aware, in that manner of saying it, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. The second part, wahdahu la sharika lah, is as an emphasis, tawkid, for the first part, La ilaha illallah, what does it mean? Wahdahu la sharika lah. He alone, without any partners. That's what you've just said. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So, wahdahu, he alone only. La sharika lah, no partners to him. And so if you look at the meaning of this, wahdahu la sharika lah, that section is tawkeed of the first section. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. He alone without any partners. An emphasis of kalimatu tawheed. And as for the kalima itself, La ilaha illallah. Then as you know, tawheed is established upon an-nafi wal-ithbat, the negation and the affirmation because in order to establish Tawheed, to establish Tawheed, it requires affirmation and negation. Because what is Tawheed? Tawheed from the verb Wahada Yuahidu Tawheedan. Wahada Yuahidu meaning to make something one single, unique. وَحَدَ يُوَحِدُ To make something wahid. Then the question is, how do you do that? How do you make something upon tawheed? How do you actualize the verb of وَحَدَ يُوَحِدُ It is through affirmation and negation. Only through both of those parts can you establish Tawheed, meaning only both of those parts together will establish the oneness of whatever it may be, linguistically too. And that's why Ash-Shaykh al he gave an example, the famous example, we've mentioned it many times before. He mentioned it uh, perhaps in Kitab al-Tawheed. He said, if someone was to say to you, that in that room over there, there are four men. He gives an example of this nature. That there, <coughs> there are four men in that room over there. Muhammad, Khalid, Ali, Uthman. 
And if I was to now say to you, Muhammad is standing up in that room. We can't see into the room, no windows, the door is closed. But I tell you, the four of them are in that room, Muhammad, Ali, Uthman, Khalid. And then after telling you that background information, I now tell you, Muhammad, from among them, Muhammad is standing up in the room. So I have given you an affirmation of his act of standing up. We can't see him there. So then I ask you, how many people are standing up in the room? You can say, one. So what's Khalid and Uthman and Ali doing? Most likely sitting down. Most likely. What if there were no chairs? What if the floor was dirty? Why are they most likely sitting down? So all I've given you there, as Shaykh Al-Athameen used this example to highlight, that you cannot say Muhammad is the only person standing up in the room. I have affirmed, I've given you affirmation, he is standing up. But I have not given you any negation regarding the other three. I didn't tell you Muhammad is standing up and the other three are not standing up. If I'd have said that, then definitely you can say only Muhammad is standing up. So far by me saying to you, Muhammad is standing up in there. I have affirmed, given you affirmation of Muhammad's act of standing up. But I have not given you any negation regarding the others. In order for me to make Muhammad one and single and unique in the act of standing up, I need to give you affirmation of him doing that. But I need to give you negation regarding the other three. So if I say to you then, there's four of them in that room, Muhammad is standing up, Khalid, Uthman and Ali are not standing up. So now if I ask you how many of them are standing up, you can say, one, because I have given you affirmation of him standing up and negation of the others not standing up. Now we have oneness to Muhammad as the only one doing the act of standing up. That's the example that Shaykh Al-Thaymin gave. And that's what it means. La ilaha illallah. Illallah, you are giving an affirmation that Allah has the right to be worshipped. But to make that affirmation one and single and unique to Allah, I need to give you a negation for all else besides Him. And that's what you have. La ilaha. There is no other deity worthy of worship in truth. A negation of them all, illallah, except Allah, an affirmation for Allah. And through that negation and affirmation, you have tawheed. Now you have made something one and single and unique. But affirmation by itself, or negation by itself, does not give you the oneness of something. So when I gave the affirmation, Muhammad is standing up, without any negation on the other three, there is no oneness to Muhammad. It could be that the other three are all standing up to, or one of them from the other three, or two of them from the other three. And the same the other way around. If I say there's four of them in the room, and... (coughs) And I don't give you an affirmation of any of them standing up. I give you a negation. Maybe I give you a negation that no one is standing up. So have we now singled out anyone with that act of standing up? We have simply negated it all. You haven't affirmed anything then. So the negation by itself doesn't give you the oneness of something. Neither does the affirmation by itself give you the oneness of something. Affirmation and negation together Then make something unique And that is the basis of the ayat in the Quran Regarding Tawheed If you go through Kitab Tawheed And all of the evidences 
Al-Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala mentions, and you look at the evidences of Tawheed in the Qur'an and you're reading, they are all upon the basis of affirmation, negation. Because that is what Tawheed is. وَعَبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and do not associate partners with Him. What is that? Affirmation and negation. وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ Worship Allah. Affirmation. وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ And stay away from the false deities. Negation. And all of the prophets and messengers, it's mentioned in the Qur'an, they would say to their people, يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرُهُ O people, worship Allah. You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. Affirmation, negation. And that is the way it is throughout the Qur'an and throughout the ahadith of the sunnah. All of them upon this method of affirmation, negation. حَقُّ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوهُ وَلَا يُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا the right of Allah upon His servants is that they worship Him and they do not associate partners with Him. Everywhere, the narrations, the ayat, the ahadith on Tawheed, they are upon affirmation and negation because that is the basis of Tawheed. So that is what you are affirming in this dua that you're supposed to read in your morning of God. And your evening afkar. La ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika lah. Ay la ma'buda bihaqqin illallah. That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And the reason why we say that is the definition of la ilaha illallah. That there is no deity worthy of worship or no one worthy of worship in truth except Allah, instead of the common translation that many people have in their books and their posters and their stickers and things, there is no God but Allah. There is no God but Allah is an incorrect, deficient translation. There is no God but Allah. That is only talking about it from a a particular aspect and angle which is not enough. Because the mushrikun, the Jews, the Christians, they all believe they have gods besides Allah. You go to the Hindus and the Sikhs, they'll show you a thousand. A thousand in one place. What do you mean there is no God but Allah? They will show you a thousand, they'll say. Go to the other places, the Buddhist and this and that, they'll show you thousands of their gods in the skies, on the earth, everywhere. So they have gods as they claim. And that's why we say, لَا مَعْبُودَ بِحَقٍ إِلَّا اللَّهِ There is no God, no deity, worthy of worship in truth except Allah. All of those other gods, as Allah tells us in the Qur'an, they are batil. All of those other gods are false gods. They are gods according to their people. But they are not gods in reality. They are false deities False gods, they are not gods in reality. There is only one deity worthy of worship in truth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَنْبَغِ أَن نُلَاحِظْ أَنَّ كَلِمَةَ التَّوْحِيدِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ مُشْتَمِلَ عَلَى رُكْنَيْنِ لَا يَتَحَقَّقُ التَّوْحِيدُ إِلَّا بِهِمَا وَهُمَ النَّفِي وَالْإِثْبَاتِ فَلَا إِلَهَ نَافِيَ لِجَمِيعِ الْمَعْبُودَاتِ if you study Arabic, you will know that La is La Annafiya Lil Jins. That it negates every entity of that type. It, it's an absolute negation, in other words. In other words, that there is no one whatsoever of any type worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Muthbita illallah. Muthbita al ibadah lillahi subhanahu. وَلِعِظَمِ هَذَا الْأَمَرْ وَجَلَالَةِ شَأْنِهِ أَكَّدَهُ 
And because of the greatness of this affair, and <coughs> the magnificence of this matter, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has emphasized La ilaha illallah by then saying, or oh, this statement has been emphasized in the hadith by then saying, Wahdahu la sharika la. Faqawluhu wahdahu. So when we say he alone, that is ta'kidun lil ithbat. That is an affirmation, that is an emphasis for the affirmation that only Allah has the right to be worshipped. And لا شريك له هذا تأكيد للنفي And he has no partners, that is an emphasis of there is no deity worthy of worship and truth. وهذا تأكيد من بعد تأكيد اهتماما بمقام التوحيد وتعلية لشأنه So this is an emphasis upon an emphasis to highlight the importance of the, the station of Tawheed and to raise and elevate its affair. Ta'aliyah. To raise and elevate the affair of Tawheed. وَلَمَّا أَقَرَّ لِلَّهِ بِالْوَحْدَانِيَّةِ أَتْبَعَ ذَلِكَ بِالْإِقْرَارِ لَهُ بِالْإِقْرَارِ لَهُ بِالْمُلْكِ وَالْحَمْدِ وَالْقُدْرَةِ so then you affirm to Allah after affirming the oneness of Allah you then affirm and acknowledge that all of the kingdom the dominion is under the control of Allah and that all and every type of praise is for Allah and that all ability is for Allah Allah is the all capable upon everything so you say, لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ فَالْمُلْكُ كُلُّهُ لِلَّهِ وَبِيَدِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ All of the dominion, all of the kingdom, it is all under the control of Allah. وَالْحَمْدُ كُلُّهُ لَهُ مُلْكًا وَاسْتِحْقَاقًا And the praise, it is all for Allah. مُلْكًا أو مِلْكًا وَاسْتِحْقَاقًا that it is under the control, the, the belonging to Allah and the deserving. He is deserving of that, worthy of that. وَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ فَلَا يَخْرُجُ عَنْ قُدْرَتِهِ شَيْءٍ So Allah is all capable of everything and nothing exits from His power, from His ability. As Allah said in the Qur'an, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ عَلِيمًا قَدِيرًا There is nothing that can make Allah incapable. There is nothing that can weaken or be out of the capability of Allah from the heavens nor in the earth. Indeed Allah is all knowledgeable, all capable. وَفِي الْإِتْيَانِ بِهَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ المتقدمة بين يدي الدعاء فائدة عظيمة فهو أبلغ في الدعاء وأرجى للإجابة ثم بدأ بعد ذلك بذكر مسألته وحاجاته <coughs> So mentioning this opening into the dua this introduction into your dua then that has a tremendous benefit to it, and it is greater for the impact of your dua, and for the hope for your dua to be answered. Then after that introduction with all of those affairs of tawheed, and praise to Allah, then you go into making your specific dua, in this remembrance of the morning and the evening. And that is when you then say, Rabbi as'aluka khayra hadhihi al-layla wa khayra ma ba'daha. My Lord, I ask you for the goodness of this night and the goodness of what comes thereafter. Ay as'aluka khayra ma aradta wuqu'ah. Khayra ma aradta wuqu'ahu fi hadhihi al-layla. 
للصالحين من عبادك من من الكمالات الظاهره والباطنه ومن المنافع الدينيه والدنيويه وخير ما بعدها اي ما بعدها من الليالي so you are asking Allah in this dua that you make as part of your evening duas the evening remembrances and the morning ones with the slightly altered wording will come to you say my lord i ask you for the goodness of this night meaning all of the goodness that you have decreed to occur for the righteous from your servants from the goodness and the perfection whether outwardly or inwardly from the benefits worldly or religiously from all of that good that you have decreed for the righteous servants then i ask you for that good i ask you my lord for that good of this night and for the good of thereafter meaning the nights that follow the future nights also and then wa a'udhu bika min sharri ma fi hadhihi al-layla wa sharri ma ba'daha and i seek refuge with you from the evil of this night and the evil of the nights thereafter ay wa a'tasimu bika wa altaji'u ilayka min sharri ma aradta wuqu'ahu fiha min shururin zahira aw batina that i ask refuge with you i seek protection in you i resort to you and seek shelter with you from the evil of what you have decreed to occur within this night and from the evils of the nights thereafter <coughs> here a person may say do we attribute evil to allah from the evil that you have decreed will occur on this night one simple answer and there's detailed answers when you get to the section of decree but one simple answer is that the evil is from our perspective not from the perspective of the creator that's one simple explanation you'll find in the books of aqida for example a scorpion or a poisonous snake any poisonous animal from our perspective that is just pure evil a scorpion what good does it do for you what good does it do for you a scorpion bites you poison poisonous snakes what good is it to you they come and bite you poison from our perspective we view these affairs as just evil but from the perspective or from the angle of their creation then there are wisdoms behind those creations that perhaps we do not encompass there is wisdom behind those affairs that maybe we do not encompass from our encompassment of the affair we view it as evil it's evil so we're asking allah for protection from these evils that we recognize and acknowledge and view as evil but from the perspective of the one who created them from the perspective of the creation of them then there are of course wisdoms in those affairs it's just like the sins we may say why did allah decree sins that we do sins but again there is wisdom behind all of those affairs sins are decreed that a person when he falls into it he may then return to allah and repent it may then create a recognition in him of the greatness of allah thereafter that maybe he did not have before so there are wisdoms in those affairs so you seek refuge with allah seek protection from all of the evils of that night and the nights thereafter and then you also say rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasl wa su'il kibr that i seek refuge in you or with you my lord from laziness and from the the evil consequences or the 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 degradation that comes in old age wal muradu bil kasal adam imbi'ath an-nafs lil khair ma'a dhuhur al-qudra alayhi laziness here the kasal is adam imbi'ath an-nafs لِلْخَيْرِ مَعَ ظُهُورِ الْقُدْرَةِ عَلَيْهِ 
It's when you have the ability to do something, but you can't motivate yourself to do it. Adam imbi'afun nafs, meaning you can't motivate yourself to do something, some goodness, even though you have the ability. It's not like you're weak and incapable. You are capable, you have the ability to do some good, but you're just unable to motivate yourself to do it. So you ask Allah to protect you from that state. From being in a state where you can do good, but you just can't bring yourself to go and do it. You just can't motivate yourself to go and do it, and you could do it. So you ask Allah to protect you from that state of kasal. وَمَنْ كَانَ كَذَلِكَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَكُونُ مَعْذُورًا Because in that kind of circumstance, you are not excused. You are capable of doing some good, but you don't get up and do it. You can't motivate yourself to go and do it. Then you are in the wrong. You are capable and you just didn't do it. This is different to somebody who is ajiz. بِخِلَافِ الْعَاجِزِ Contrary to the one who is incapable of something. Then they are excused. فَإِنَّهُ مَعْذُورٌ لِعَدَمِ قُدْرَتِهِ That person is excused due to the lack of his ability. وَالْمُرَادُ بِسُوءِ الْكِبَرِ And the intent behind the old age and the problems of old age that you're asking Allah to protect you from. أَيْ مَا يُورِثُهُ كِبَرُ السِّنْ مِنْ ذَهَابِ الْعَقْلِ وَاخْتِلَاطِ الرَّأِي وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا يَسُؤُ بِهِ الْحَالِ You're asking Allah to protect you, and the Messenger used to make dua for this, to protect you from the types of things that occur to a person in old age, from ذَهَابُ الْعَقْلِ People losing their, their mental faculties in old age, People losing their mental faculties, no longer having control over their mental faculties of affairs. In old age, becoming irrational in your mind, losing the ability to think straight, and all the affairs becoming confused in your head, and you can't think straight anymore, as occurs to some who are in old age. So all of those types of things and other things that may occur to people in old age, where their mind begins to no longer function properly, their, their rationale, their thinking, it all begins to become mixed up and confused. You're asking Allah to protect you from that state. And you see people now, 90 years old, 100 years old, and they are still completely clean in their mind. They know everybody, they recognize everybody, they speak clearly and fluently, and they have their faculties completely. You're asking Allah to give you that, and to save you from becoming in a state where your mind disappears when you grow old, and you become confused and mixed up with the affairs, and in that kind of state that some people fall into in old age. That is what you are making dua to Allah to protect you from. And then also, رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَذَابِ مِنْ عَذَابٍ فِي النَّارِ وَعَذَابٍ فِي الْقَبْرِ <coughs> It's mentioned on the previous point, just as a side thing, they say that there was one of the companions who was approximately a hundred years old, it's not directly connected to this, but I remembered, they say he was over a hundred or a hundred, there or thereabouts in age, and he didn't have a single white hair yet. His beard was pitch black, at the age of a hundred or something along those lines. No white hair had appeared on him, at the age of that type of age. So then here, رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَذَابٍ فِي النَّارِ وَعَذَابٍ فِي الْقَبْرِ That, my Lord, I seek refuge with you from the punishment of the fire and the punishment of the grave. أَيْ أَسْتَجِيرُ بِكَ يَا اللَّهِ مِنْ أَنْ يَنَالَنِي عَذَابُ النَّارِ وَعَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ 
وإنما خصهما بالذكر من بين سائر أعظبة يوم القيامة لشدتها وعظم شأنهما فالقبر أول منازل الآخرة ومن سلم فيه سلم فيما بعده والنار ألمها عظيم ألمها عظيم وعذابها شديد حمان الله وإياكم ووقانا ووقاكم So here now then you seek refuge with Allah from the punishment of the fire and the punishment of the grave and this as we know from our aqidah as we mentioned when we did at-tahawiyah it is from the aqidah of ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah that the punishment and the blessings of the grave occur as does fitnatul qabr the trial of the grave these affairs all occur in the barzakh the barzakh the barrier between the two worlds this world and the afterlife the barzakh means a barrier between two places so the barzakh is the barrier in between this world and the afterlife and in that barzakh we believe there will be punishment of the grave or blessings of the grave many narrations they speak about that the narration about the good doers how a door فَيُفْتَحُ لَهُ بَابٌ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ فَيَرَى مَقْعَدَتَهِ A door is opened up into paradise and he sees his place. And the good fragrances of paradise, they come to him. And his grave is made expansive, مَدَّ الْبَصْرِ To as far as he can see. And so then he says, Rabbi. My Lord, establish the hour. He wants the day of judgment to come. Because he sees his place in paradise. He sees the gate opened up into paradise. And as for the wrongdoers, a gate is opened up or a door is opened up in their graves to the hellfire. <coughs> and so the evil smells and the heat of the hellfire, and the heat of the hellfire, come into his grave and he says, Rabbi, la tuqimissa'ah. My Lord, do not establish the hour. Because he knows of the punishment coming for him. And there are many narrations proving this and highlighting this. There's a hadith on one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ, at the time of Maghrib as he was exiting, a scream was heard. I think the hadith of Aisha. And so then he said, Yahudun tu'adhabu fi qabriha. He said it is Jews being punished in their graves. And there are many other narrations where the messenger mentioned about the punishment of the grave. Uh, in one of them it mentions that was it not for the fear? Lawla. Was it not for the fear? Lawla alla tadafanu. Was it not for the fear that you would not bury your dead? لَدَعَوْتُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُسْمِعَكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear the punishment of the grave occurring. So the scholars, they gave some explanations of the hadith. Some of them said, and this is the weaker explanation, that from your fear... Of hearing those screams, you would no longer take your dead to bury them in the graveyards. But that is a weak explanation. There are others mentioning that, was it not uh, 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 for the fact that you would not be able to bury your dead? Meaning those screams of the graves, if you hear them, it would cause you yourself to fall down dead. Such would be the severity of what you hear. So there are narrations of this nature, many of them proving the punishment of the grave. And of course there are narrations proving the blessings of the grave. How some of those people, uh, the martyrs etc, their, their souls will be in green birds flying from the lanterns of paradise to the throne etc. So that is something established. And here that is what you make dua to Allah to protect you from. رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَذَابٍ فِي النَّارِ From the hell fire or the fire in the grave too. Because there is a fire of the grave too. Before the ultimate hell fire. And that is proven by 
what is mentioned about Fir'aun. It is mentioned about Fir'aun that they are him, he and his mala are in the fire right now. In the fire, right now they are punished. Then it says in the ayah, وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ أَدْخِلُ آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ That when <coughs> the day of judgment occurs, then Allah says, now put them into a more severe punishment. So if the ayah says they are already being punished by the fire, but then it says on the day of judgment, Allah will say, now put them into a more severe punishment, then that must mean that the fire they are being punished in now can't be the hellfire. That's the more severe punishment Allah is saying, put them into on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So what fire are they in now, the scholar said? The fire of the grave in the barzakh. That's what the ayah mentions, the fire they are being punished with it, day and night. And then on the day of judgment, Allah will say, now put them into a more severe punishment. That's the actual hellfire. So you seek refuge from the fire, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from that, protect you from the punishment of the grave. And it mentions here, وَالنَّارُ أَلَمُهَا عَظِيمُ The pain of the fire is tremendous. وَعَذَابُهَا شَدِيدٌ And its torment is severe. وَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ And then, it is recommended for the Muslim, إِذَا أَصْبَحَ When you arise in the morning, your morning adhkar time as well. إِذَا أَصْبَحَ أَنْ يَقُولَ ذَلِكَ To say the same dua, but start it off with the asbaha wording instead of the amsa wording. Amsa yumsi means the evening. Asbaha yusbihu means the morning. So then you do the same dua, but begin by saying, أَصْبَحْنَا وَأَصْبَحَ الْمُلْكُ لِلَّهِ Change that opening. For the morning adhkar and amsayna wa amsal mulk for the evening adhkar. So the same supplication is done in the morning and the evening, but with the appropriate wording for the morning and the appropriate opening wording for the evening. Wamin adhkari tarafin nahar ma rawahu ibn Sunni anabi darda radiyallahu anhu anin nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam. مَنْ قَالَ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ حِينَ يُصْبِحُ Whomsoever says every day when he awakens, arises in the morning, وَحِينَ يُمْسِي And in the evening, حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَهُوَ رَبُّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ سبع مرات كفاه الله عز وجل همه من أمر الدنيا والآخرة That whomsoever says in the morning when he arises and in the evening, morning adhkar, evening adhkar, حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ Allah is sufficient for me, there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except He. عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ Upon Him I put all of my trust, dependence and reliance. وَهُوَ رَبُّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ And He is the Lord of the great throne. Whoever says that dua, حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَوَرَبُ الْعَشِ الْعَظِيمِ Seven times, seven times, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice him, will take care of his worries and concerns, whether they are worldly matters or of the afterlife. Allah will take care of his worries and concerns, remove them, Allah will suffice him in regards to those worries and concerns regarding the affair of this dunya or the afterlife. فَهَذَا الذِّكْرُ الْمُبَارَكِ لَهُ أَثَرٌ بَالِغٌ وَنَفْعٌ عَظِيمٌ فِي كُلِّ مَا يَهُمُّ الْمُسْلِمِ مِنْ أَمْرِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَمَعْنَ حَسْبِيَ اللَّهِ أَيْكَافِينِي so this is a tremendous and blessed type of supplication with a great amount of uh, benefit in it 
for every person who has an affair, every Muslim who has an affair that concerns him from the worldly matters or the matters of the afterlife. ومن الأذكار العظيمة المشروعة في الصباح والمساء أن يقول المسلم إذا أصبح وإذا أمسى سبحان الله وبحمده مئة مرة to say 100 times سبحان الله وبحمده and we spoke about that in detail a few maybe a few months ago now two three months ago when we were on the chapter regarding سبحان الله full lecture about that on the chapter regarding الحمد لله a full lecture on that all of those were mentioned about the virtue of those statements. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah. So the one who says that a hundred times, it is mentioned in Sahih Muslim from the hadith of Abu Hurairah. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And this was the hadith we quoted, it was mentioned at that time. Man qala hina yusbihu wa hina yumsi Subhanallah wa bihamdihi mi'ata marrah Lam yati ahadun yawm al-qiyamati bi afdala mimma jaa bih إِلَّا أَحَدٌ قَالَ مِثْلَ مَا قَالَ أَوْ زَادَ عَلَيْهِ But whomsoever says subhanallah wa bihamdih a hundred times then nobody will come on the day of judgment with better than what he has done except for the one who's done exactly what he's done and then added more to it. وَفِي هَذَا الذِّكْرِ الْعَظِيمِ جَمْعٌ بَيْنَ التَّسْبِيحِ وَالْحَمْدِ So within that you have a combination between the tasbih of Allah Declaring Allah to be free of any deficiencies and shortcomings. And also the hamd, the praise upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also the shaykh just highlights here, وَالسُنَّ أَنْ يَعْقِدَ هَذِهِ التَّسْبِيحَاتِ بِيَدِهِ تَأَسِّيًا بِالنَّبِيِّ وَبِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم لَا بِالسُبْحَةِ أو الْآلَةِ أو نحو ذلك مما يفعله كثير من الناس. That when you do the, uh, the, the tasbih, when you're counting it, subhanallah, 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 alhamdulillah, 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 that you do it upon your hand, you do it upon your hand, in accordance to how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to do it, and not that you do it upon the subha, those, uh, the beads, you don't do it on the beads, or al-alah, or some type of, uh, you remember we were mentioning that time, they have the, the counter click clocks, and you get the digital ones now, whatever, all these devices and things, it is not to be done on those, it is to be done on your fingers in accordance to the sunnah of how the messenger used to do it. The only exception a Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentioned was, somebody who is allowed to use the beads or these devices perhaps, the only exception he mentioned was, he said that, he said if somebody is very old in age, and like we mentioned before, perhaps in their old age, they, they can't remember. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Every time, that's it. They completely lose track of what's going on. They can't keep count of 33 even. They can't do it anymore. Their mind is such, their old age is such. The shaykh says, khalas. In that case, then they can use something, something to aid them upon remembering how many they've done, so they can do the appropriate amount. Because they're simply incapable of remembering on their fingers anymore. If that is the case, that's an exception type, an exceptional circumstance. But otherwise, it is the sunnah, you do it upon your hands, and that is what everybody should practice in doing those adhkar. That brings us to the end of chapter 114 now. We'll conclude upon that for today. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll move on to the following chapters next time. From next week at the same time again, inshallah ta'ala, wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.